Life can get pretty complicated. In the Simply Practically Human podcast, Mark LeBusque talks to incredible humans to see the way forward more clearly through the complexity in the world and in our heads. Let's get ready to thrive. Hey, g'day there, fellow humans. Mark LeBusque here for the Simply Practically Human podcast, the Friday 4S edition. And um, I just wanted to say a quick uh, shout out to... uh, my cousin Macca, Paul McWilliam over in Adelaide, mate, I appreciate your text message last week after the first of the four S potties for the year, that you got something out of it and um, that you're proud of me, mate. I love stories I can stick into my good news filing cabinet. So, mate, much appreciated. For those who also send me some feedback about last week's potty and how relatable it was, thank you very much. We'll keep at it. Interestingly, today, I guess this is all about worlds colliding and just some thoughts that have been going through my head in the last couple of weeks with all of the noise about a whole lot of things, which I'll mention in a minute, and why I think we human beings love to blindly follow the latest shiny thing. So there's a couple of things that happened in the last week. I I was on a podcast with Eric Perez, who um, has a podcast about leadership, which is a video podcast. And the very last question that, that Eric asked me on the day was, what would be one thing, one piece of advice around leadership that you would give to a, a younger version of yourself? Perhaps that one of me when I was bad, Mark, that I've talked about before. And um, I said, I'd give them no advice. And he seemed a bit taken aback by that. He said, that's the first time that anyone's ever said to me that they wouldn't give advice. And my reasoning behind it was that I actually think it's better than to give someone the answers to the question. It's much better to get them to experience it and feel a little bit of suffering from it. And I guess what we're going to today is not practice the avoidance of doing the work and hoping that someone else will come along and give them the advice, rescue them from whatever the catastrophe is, as I say to people at times, don't try and save me from a catastrophe, allow me to feel it in order to feel some suffering so that I can grow. So it was interesting that Eric had said, I'm the first guest that he's had on that hasn't come up with sharing something there. Now, it doesn't mean that I'm old Scrooge McDuck when it comes to helping people out with, with some issues, but I'd rather work from the place of perhaps asking them some questions rather than just giving them the list and and just allowing them to find the easier path or the easier way to things. Because suffering is important. I think suffering helps us to grow. It's just a matter of how we regulate that and how we help others to regulate that. They shouldn't always be suffering, but at the same time, we shouldn't be rescuing them at the drop of a hat. And then secondly, and this is... um, Some of you would have listened to this podcast that I did with uh, the incredible Colin Beatty. Him and his team are responsible for a a great app called The People Spot, and you should check that out. But Colin just posted that up today, not long back, and I was on the tram coming back from catching up with a a friend in the city here in Melbourne, and um, I was reading this and thinking, shit, I've been, this is exactly what I want to talk about at the moment. And he was really focusing in on what he called the energy vampires, which are things at the moment that are sucking energy out of us, even though we've only just started month two, that there's a whole lot of stuff already that's starting to turn turn us all into Debbie Downers. Just a couple of the things that he mentioned was like the AI and the, you know, the talk about GPT and all that sort of stuff, hybrid working, the future of work, 
the economic cliff that we're teetering on at the moment. I could go on forever. Just all of these things that are coming up. And he was asking that perhaps we could share other things that were coming up. It got me thinking about as soon as I was reading what he'd put together, which I thought was amazing, it started, the words that came into my mind were work avoidance. I have a bit of a view that one of the reasons that we get romanced by the latest shiny thing, and you've only got to look on LinkedIn at the moment and see that AI is the flavor of the month. It's like somebody writes about it and then the next day somebody else does. And then they're all just jumping on the AI bandwagon. And, you know, it's like the world is doom and gloom or we're going to be saved sort of each end of the spectrum. Not so many opinions, perspectives in the middle of all that. It seems to be that people are jumping on one end or the other. But the fact that they're jumping on is what I want to talk about today. Whether it be AI, whether it be hybrid working, the future of work, the economic cliff, whatever it is, I have a bit of a view that it's a bit of same shit, different day. I've got a podcast coming up soon with a great guy by the name of Eden Spencer who has a business called The Skill Exchange. And we were just talking last week about the sharing economy. And, and he's come up with a terrific little business uh, in construction to help help with the sharing economy and help people find work when perhaps there's not a lot of work around for them by creating a community. And um, what I love what he said was that this concept's not new, it's just got a new name. And I think there's a fair bit of that stuff going on at the moment as well, like things like the future of work or psychological safety or whatever else we might want to say is that these things have been around for a long time, but we continue to give them a new shiny name and some sort of new badge. And all of a sudden, LinkedIn lights up. And it really has lit up. It's, it's all of these topics have lit up in the last six to 12 months. And it's almost like we're waiting to see which way the wind's blowing. And then we're just following the wind. And a lot of it's piss and wind, I think. A lot of it's going over things that we've talked about before. But here's the thing, we don't seem to be coming to any sort of resolution on these things because we're practicing the skillful art of work avoidance or you're practicing the skillful art of work avoidance or indeed I'm practicing the skillful art of work avoidance and I'll share one for you a bit later on. So with this same shit different day thing, here's some ideas that go through my mind about why we continue to be attracted to the shiny things. Are we not better than that or is there something else at play? So the first one is that I think it's what we know and it's how we stay relevant. It's all about I'm up with the latest trends, I'm up with the latest technology, I'm up with the latest buzzwords in organisational life or in our lives in general. So it keeps me relevant. So it's about knowing, it's about looking smart. I've talked about this a lot with my guests on the longer version of the podcast that people get caught in the romance of complex and complicated because it makes them look smarter. So I think that's the first one. It helps us to stay relevant. It creates belonging for us because we can belong to a side here. We can belong to a group. We can share our opinion or we can simply, as I think a lot of people do, is grab the opinion of another and just write it out as their own so they can feel like as we are as a social species, we are part of a group. The third one is it keeps us busy. It helps us to stay away and distracts us from the really hard work, the day in, day out, non-sexy stuff that 
if we do it consistently over a long period of time, I think we wouldn't be having half of these conversations that we're having today and we wouldn't be romanced or we wouldn't be attracted to the shiny things that we see. It's a bit like the insect zapper at a barbecue that those insects see the bright, shiny blue light and they go straight towards it and they think it's the most amazing thing until they get to a point where there's a horrific noise and usually a little bit of smoke and a bit of a foul smell depending on the size of the insect and its curtains for them. So I think part of it's about keeping us busy, making us feel safe and distracting us from the hard work. So it's much easier for me to start to get all caught up in AI and what's going on in that AI space and how it's going to absolutely take work off humans or it's going to be the best thing in the world ever rather than sitting down and having conversations with people and asking them how they're going and what's going on for you in your work, what's going on for you, with you in your life. Hey, thank you for that great work you did. Hey, we've got a really, really challenging problem here right now. How about we spend some time sitting around as a group and sharing different perspectives, maybe not coming up with the answer straight away, having to do the work, not having been rescued by others by some shiny thing they put forward and say, that must be the absolute panacea to the problem that we have today. And I think far too much of that goes on, particularly in the things that Colin mentioned around hybrid working and the future of work and AI, et cetera, et cetera, that we're always looking for the shiny thing and say, here we go, it's fixed now. But there's something else at play. We are avoiding doing the hard work ourselves. So I want you to be having a think about how has it been for you in the last six to 12 months? Have you been somebody who has stuck the finger in the air to see which way the wind's blowing before you go and jump on? Do you maybe sit back a little bit and get a bit of a sense of the sentiment of the day and where it's going to be most safe to you to, to I guess, hitch your wagon up to or tie your horse to a particular pole? Maybe it's politically correct if you do that. So you'll, you'll hold on to what you're really thinking because you don't want to be ostracized or not be socially connected to others. Are you better than that? Are you someone who is capable of not being romanced by the shiny thing, but instead capable and courageous enough to put your different perspective out there, knowing full well that there'll be some people that won't agree with it and that it will put you into some sort of risk, which I think could include some sort of suffering for you as well, or are you just remaining silent and just going with the flow? I saw a wonderful quote that Colin had in that article as well that said, most of our suffering comes from avoidance. And this could be a whole lot of different things. And I'm not quite sure who is attributed to that because I did a bit of a Google search and I saw quite a few people using it. But the more we avoid, the more we suffer. And that could be a whole lot of things. How many times I've spoken to people who say, look, I really want to have that conversation, but I'll do it next week because, you know, it's not the right time. I've got a few things on. I'm busy. I'm worried that I might upset or hurt that person's feelings. Get on and have the conversation. That's just one thing. There's a whole lot of other things that go, but let's just talk about that one for a minute. That first of all, if you don't have the conversation, it's going to continue to build up the more you avoid the more you will feel the suffering, the more stories that will come into your head about what the outcome is going to be. And from what I've seen in the last five or six years in coaching people through this one, and after they've 
being courageous enough to not avoid stuff, not see the shiny things, they usually come back and say, no, look, it went really well. There was a bit of emotion, but we got through and, and now there's a greater understanding for each other. So I think it's something that you need to look at. It's the options of these. You can continue to be romanced by the latest shiny thing, which allows you to avoid doing the work that you should be doing, or you can step into the work, even though it's going to be hard for you, even though it could cause you some discomfort. Because one of the lessons I've learned over time is to stop blindly following the latest shiny thing. And I heard a lot of that in organizational life that, hey, this is the time when things are going to change and the people matter and the people come first and this is how we're going to do it and we've got a, a new scheme and it might be an award system, whatever it might be. And it's shiny for a little while, but it starts to lose its shine and its gloss. And then we look for the next thing. And I'm just wondering what the next thing is coming around the corner. We've got so many of them here at the moment. It's like a big fucking car yard full of all shiny new cars. And there's a car in that car yard that needs a bit of work a bit of a buff and a bit of a polish and a look under the bonnet, under the hood to fix it up. But we tend to step away from that one because we go straight to the shiny one. You know, we might be driving it for a while and then we run out of petrol. And running out of petrol could be a metaphor for a whole lot of things is that we we run out of the ability to hold our nerve with things, the ability not to step into that shiny car, the ability for us not to be have to be seen as having the latest thing because we think we're being judged. And rather than that, we're working on the old clunker that can still get us from A to B if we just keep working at it. So are you being led blindly to the latest shiny thing? And I want to leave you with this question. What are the tactics that you use to keep busy, which are really ways to avoid the more difficult work? And be honest with yourself. I'd write one down and just sit with it and examine it a bit. Why do you continue to move towards the shiny thing, the bug zapper, the fancy looking car in the car yard versus going for the, the more mundane, harder work to do, which is usually the work of self because you're a work avoider. For me, just to finish off, mine's around that relationship to the dollar and I avoid that conversation and the way I've been able to do that is that I've said that I don't I don't have any issue with not knowing what I earn and it's something that I'm now working through with my coach to understand what's really going on there why am I avoiding understanding a bit more about what do I need to earn to be comfortable is it because I'll see a number and I'll feel like I'm back being judged on some sort of KPI is it from and experience as a young kid where sitting in the car with my family, I heard a word called overdraft and I was wondering what that meant and I heard it meant we had no money. But instead of looking for the next shiny thing, whatever that might be, what I'm going to need to do is to stop the work avoidance, step into some suffering and get underneath that and most likely work out that there's not a lot going on there. So there you go, short and sharp, a little bit, all over the place today, but thank you to Colin Beatty for his LinkedIn article. Thank you to Eric Perez for the question that he asked me that sort of started to get worlds to collide. And I hope you've enjoyed it. 
If you like this one, why not rate it five stars? And if you loved it, share it with your friends. Get your friends to subscribe. I'm really starting to see some great feedback coming through, some great reviews coming through on the relevance of the topics. I try and make them about you. I try and give you some real examples that can help you to work through. But at the end of the day, you got to go and do the work. So until next time, let's keep it simple, keep it practical, and keep it human. Bye for now.